0: Hello and welcome to the Learn From Patient Safety Events podcast. Uh, this is one in a series of podcasts that you can find online. Today we're talking to one of our early adopter organisations um, and we are keen to hear all the lessons learned from their transition. Um, if I just introduce myself, my name is Hugh Archibald, I'm the product owner for LFPSE and my pronouns are he and him.
1: Hi, I'm Lucy Massett, my pronouns are she and her and I am the project lead for LFPSE and the senior product owner within the Agile Scrum team.
2: And uh, my name is Jackson Stubbs. I'm a patient safety manager at University Hospitals of and Bay NHS Foundation Trust. Thank you so much for joining us, Jackson. Really great to have you here. No problem. Um,
0: Thank you. Uh, So what kind of uh, provider organisation are you? If you could just explain that, please.
2: Yeah, no problem. So we are primarily an acute based trust, um, but we do deliver community services. We've got three main hospitals across Morecambe Bay, which include the Royal Lancaster Infirmary, Furness General Hospital and Westmoreland General Hospital as well. We provide community services to a diverse and largely rural population. Um, And we are quite a large trust, so we've got around 8000 staff in total, just to give you sort of an idea of scale.
0: Okay, lovely. Thank you. And what um, local risk management system do you use within your organisation?
2: We have always used uh, Ulysses Safeguard and we've used that since about 2003. So we're quite sort of um, advanced in our use of Ulysses. We've 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 got quite a lot of the modules that come with Ulysses and we use it for a lot of our governance activities. We use it for risk, incidents, um, claims, complaints, uh, pretty sure. much pretty much all of the governance um, portfolio files within the Ulysses uh, platform.
1: And um, when did you transition to using NFPC? How long have you been?
2: Um, so we, we wanted to move across as early as possible really. Um, we we, we we try to see um LFpsc as a as a good opportunity really we recognize that NRls was quite sort of um coming to the end of its life cycle really and that probably wasn't fit for purpose anymore um we as a result from probably early January this year we we were aware of it and wanted to move over as soon as we could, and um, so we started to do the preliminary um, work to prepare for a transition. Around that time, um, we uh, fully migrated um, on in June. June uh, from the first of June, mm-hmm. there was a slight delay because there was a technical issue with some of our uploads and so we we formally started uploading to the system in July, but we actually switched on the LFPSA questions within our risk management system from the 1st of June, and then we backdated all our submissions from from the 1st of June.
1: Okay, so you've been in around five or six months, about six months worth of data,
2: Um,
1: and one of the questions that people have a lot of the time is, um, have you seen any significant difference to your reporting rates? From
2: moving from the NRLS to LFSC? Yeah so quite a lot of people have gone first, a lot of people have contacted us as a trust um, to ask about our experience and that's been one of the common questions and I think it's been one of the common things that has come up time and time again on, on, on platforms such as the Futures platform and things like that about concerns about reporting rates and it was something we were concerned about before we migrated and we actually added it as a risk on our Trust Risk Register um we we have actually not seen a drop in reporting at all um in actual fact it's increased slightly from month to month which is sort of natural growth so right. um i think a lot of that is based to how we we sold it to staff in the organisation we we approach it in a very positive manner um, we recognised that it was still in beta stage um and that the, the NHS England are open for discussion and happy to work alongside us if there's any issues. And um, So we wanted to be on board early so we could actually influence change and direction. But also, um, we recognise that a lot of the things that were being introduced were were really positive, particularly as an acute based trust. Um, I think we've always had an overemphasis on focusing on physical harm. So the introduction of things such as psychological harm and um, the redefining of different events rather than putting everything under the sort of umbrella of incident was really positive from our perspective and um, so actually we sold these as positives in the organization so and um, by the time we launched and um, we, we spent probably four to five months focusing solidly delivering a communication strategy mm-hmm. um, across the organization to different stakeholders and um, pretty much try to reach as much staff as we could just to to inform them of the changes that there weren't anything to worry about they were all due to national standards that were being introduced and it was yeah. all a positive change to improve patient safety in the organization as a result I think staff just rolled with it really um I, th- I, I don't think most staff are as ingrained in um the sort of intricacies of incident reporting there's a lot of people in governance and yeah. risk are so they will just roll with the change if you sell it in a positive manner that's how mm-hmm. i found yeah great
1: fantastic and i mean as part of that you talked about having a communications plan um what kind of activities were we talking about there and and were you offering specific training or was it more just information or how did that work
2: um it wasn't really training um, it was more like I say awareness raising sessions so we we did a lot of um uh, in different varieties really so we try to consider different learning styles and things like that so we did some visuals we did posters which we put into our risk management system itself so when staff were logging incidents they, they could see a visual saying there's going to be changes to the incident system in the coming months just be aware of it and so we're subtly sort of drip feeding. The message uh, but we also identified key groups across the organisation such as governance groups and different care groups and um, sort of clinical director gr- uh, groups and um, trust sort of executive review group and think um, and forums such as that and we'd, we'd actually attend in person and uh, just give a, an overview of what the changes would be and um, why they were coming so it was replacing the NRLS um, and, and sold the benefits and, and also flag what were the perceived risks at the time as well. So the the potential in under-reporting, um, the, um, what we perceived as potentially sharing maybe some inaccurate information with the immediate upload. Um, mm-hmm. But actually saying on the flip side of that, um, the immediate upload is great for us as an organisation with the historical um, nature of UHMB or be as you'll be aware of such as the maternity um, scandal um, and the urology issues. Um, we, It's really important for us to be seen as proactive with regards to patient safety so we were really keen to move towards this immediate sharing of incidents. Um, we always had a, a historically good uh, median upload rate to the NRLS However, we still continue to get criticised by regulators about the timeliness of our upload. So it just seemed like a win-win situation for us to be able to share incidents immediately. But there was that flip of understanding that it does come with the potential sharing of inaccurate information. Uh, we counterbalanced that by informing the staff within the communica- when we were communicating that. There will be opportunities to re-upload the incident and um, once it's been through the management process so we can share the true record of, of events but like i say we did try to do we we must i must have delivered presentations about lfpsc to around 30 different uh, meetings and forums mm-hmm. ar- across the organization i held a number of teams open sessions where we just invited the world and his wife to come along and just ask any questions the the want about the sessions and i think i either um, got them all on board. Well, left although we were just sick of hearing. A
1: bit
2: about it. <laughs> <laughs> we probably
0: alert. got a bit of
1: sympathy with that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, were there any other concerns around the the real time uploads, um, or and and how do you feel about them now?
2: Um, from my team's perspective, we always really thought it was a positive. I think mm-hmm. the the um, perceived negatives came from from other staff so our information governance team raised some concerns about that um, as did our director of governance but it was really just more um, the unknown I think really um, and the way I argued it was that well actually we wouldn't we wouldn't make um, significant changes to somebody's incident report anyway that we upload to the NRLS. it so will be looking mm-hmm. at it from a data quality perspective, yeah. is it categorised correctly, is it sitting under the right department and things like that, but the actual record of what they have written would still be shared with the NRLS from an open, transparent perspective because that is that staff member's perception of what occurred. Yep. Um. So I, actually they, they were fine with it and I think when we decided to add it as a risk register, so we formally manage it as a risk, um, that was fine. We we had a, um we had NHS England, so uh, yourselves and Mandy um, linked in with the information governance team in NHS England who provide just reassurance really to our team that it was it was an acceptable approach and it was the the direction we should be going in really yeah um so we we totally embrace it and also just from a logistics perspective it uh, uh, eliminated a job for my team uh the yeah. not having to do that manual upload to the NRLS every day which is which took considerable amount of time so it was a it was a great sort of uh, time saver as well Sure. that's really yeah.
1: great to hear that's that's one of the things that we were really hoping would be a benefit to kind of risk and governance teams. um so that's obviously one thing that you're doing differently is that that kind of process of extract and upload. Um is there anything that you're doing differently based on um you know the differences in the data collected or or the way that you're using the service?
2: Yeah, absolutely. there is um so, the data we're capturing now is informing our decisions regarding uh, the declaration of a serious incident. Um, so, like I said previously, uh, being an acute based service, we, we probably have in the past been guilty of focusing too much on physical harm. So, the ability to capture psychological harm is really important and a positive step forward, I think. I, I Prior to this, I used to work in a mental health trust. So, um, it was a big sort of shift coming from a mental health to an acute trust where the emphasis suddenly was from psychological to physical harm and having that sort of parity of the two is now really important I think and it allows you to consider the real impact on the patient and as a result we'll probably have Stice reported a few incidents that we probably wouldn't have previously so I think that's a real positive. Um, Another thing we're doing differently as well is we are um, in the process of redesigning uh, our um, quarterly incident reports um, to sort of move towards that event um, type approach and rather than putting everything under the incident umbrella so we're going to look at the different types of events that are captured and um, and how we can learn from them particularly with an emphasis on good practice as well we're going to do a, f- uh, even though we have launched the, that within the organization we're going to do a further launch of that later later on so we can learn from things that are going well more as well we've also um got an agreement with our local icb as well to start to move towards a bit of a p-surf approach to how we investigate some of the known safety challenges so things such as the tissue viability, things we report time and time again and have we'll do an individual investigation which has the same outcome and the same learning points. Um, so, so we've got an agreement with our ICB that for those sort of safety challenges we can look at them thematically and start um, looking at real learning that we can sort of in- embed across the organisation. That, that's great, thanks Jackson.
0: Um, and it's really great to hear as well around um, that the, the addition of psychological harm has, has opened up Further um, areas of exploration for for learning, so we're really pleased to hear that that's um, expanded there. Um, something that people ask us quite a lot um, is around what your biggest concerns were around the transition to LFPSE, and if you still have that concern now.
2: Um, I probably touched upon them, and I think it was the um, it was the potential underreporting. Uh, we monitored that on a month by month basis from launch, um, just to I was, well, I say month by month, I was probably checking the data practically daily just to make sure at first, but um, really there's been, it it has increased slightly from month to month basis. So we're really happy with that and we're confident that it hasn't adversely affected our reporting rates within the organisation. We are... we, as a result as well, it, it is a risk on the risk, risk register and we've actually downgraded the risk, so it hasn't materialised as big of a risk as we initially an- anticipated. The other was um, the inappropriate sharing of um, confidential or inaccurate mm-hmm. information, so the inclusion of, sort of personal identifiable information. Um, no. Again, um, no, this hasn't materialised. Um, mm-hmm we we haven't had any regulator feedback come back that we wouldn't have already always had so we haven't um been concerned about that the other um concern that was initially sort of broached at the time when we were considering migration was the ability to continue um the the sort of localised safety work that we undertake and um, the data we capture that's probably not relevant to you at the national level but is really useful to us at a local level Um, and I see that as a common thing that pops up on on the sort of futures platforms as well as to um, we won't be able to continue capturing stuff in the way we always have. And actually it hasn't affected our ability to do this localized safety work at all. We've, the way I've always thought of LFPSE has been a few useful additions rather than redesigning what we are doing locally. So we've been able to do things in tandem with LFPSE mm-hmm. and it hasn't um, it hasn't affected our ability to um, continue things that, that work well in our organization, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, so, so you're able to collect everything you, you normally would any additional that you can, you can yeah. put in around the LFPSC questions. That's, yeah. that's great. Great.
1: And um, it is, that's all really great to hear, and, and very much as we had hoped, um, really great to hear that your reporting rates um, haven't been adversely affected. Um, presumably, that means that staff have been relatively happy with the changes. I mean, what, what kind of feedback have you had from the people who are making those reports in the first place?
2: Um, to be honest, it's been quite minimal. Um, and I consider that a positive. Like no news is good news. Um, I think had there been an issue, they would have shouted about it. So I think I think the fact that we've had very little feedback from staff um, or queries about the changes um, shows that staff just have embraced the change. Really, I think we had one one sort of slightly negative query when we first launched which was from our blood transfusion team asking why they weren't involved in the design of the 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 questions directly relating to them um once i'd spoken to them and just explained that these were de- designed at a national level and um, they were absolutely fine with that and that was it it was just literally again it just boiled down to communication and they were perhaps a stakeholder i'd missed um when we were um hammering a home to everyone that these changes were coming um but really yeah staff haven't raised it as a concern and knowing the staff i work with they absolutely would if the thought it was an issue so um i i honestly think it's a it's a positive thing i do feel like we probably should capture some formal feedback at some point um and i think your team are keen to work with us to to help capture that so it'll be useful to see um if there's any sort of hidden feedback that we've not been able to gather through our normal routes um, but yeah. equally positive so far I believe.
0: We're really keen to, to visit those um, organisations that have transitioned so we can see people recording patient safety events even if it's within um, the test system we, we'd like to see it rather than hear about what people are saying to us um, uh because sometimes when you see someone record it you can they can talk through what goes through there in their mind as to why they're making the decisions they make and that will help us build a better user experience and um design the questions better if they're worded a bit differently
1: another thing that is obviously really important um when you're kind of collecting your own feedback about it is how we can then use that knowledge to make the process easier for the people coming along behind you. Um, So on that note, um, have you got like any top things you've learned during the transition or any top tips for other people who are preparing to do this?
2: Yeah, yeah, I did have a think of this beforehand and a couple of things I've jotted down are um, don't follow the pack. So a lot of the trusts that are vocally resistant to the change are drowning out the voices, I believe, of the trusts that have actually migrated to the new system. Um I've I've been on several meetings where I've been the sort of sole sole organization that's actually migrated mm-hmm. and um has run with this system for months. And I feel like I'm not getting a word in Edgeways whilst organizations that have nowhere near migrating or shouting and bawling, and um, so I would really just say don't follow the pack explore it from your own perspective and consider it from your own organization's perspective it 100 percent works if you um, particularly if you're using Ulysses I can't comment on other LRMSs but I'm assuming they have also implemented it in a similar way and um, Positivity will absolutely help as well with a successful transition. Um, So, let's say staff across the organisation will will fully embrace the change if you, as the local expert, um, have confidence in the changes. If you are um, resistant and negative and worried. Um, and I think it's it's absolutely fine to have those concerns and raise them within forums with NHS England but I I feel like when you're selling this to your organisation you need to do it in a positive manner otherwise staff will resist the change as well because they'll they 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 will perceive you as the expert and that you have concerns about the changes Um, I would say NHS England yourselves and Ulysses from working with them were really open to suggestions and ideas so Don't come at this as this is set in stone. If there's an issue, I'm sure they'll talk through with you and explain it so it makes sense. Or maybe even consider a change in wording or um, a change to if it even needs to be captured. And so don't see it as as what it is. It's still, correct us if I'm wrong, it's still a beta stage, isn't it? So it's it's still in development. so uh, and also just the final thing I would note which probably won't affect any of the trust is um, what one thing I learned was that by going first you will get inundated with by other trust wanting help um, yeah. <laughs> so, which I don't mind at all but it does uh, it, I wasn't in, inundated a little bit but yeah. yeah overall I would say that the transition has been positive and um, it really the, the positives have outweighed the negatives it, it's still in early stage so of course there's things that Um, will work better as as the system uh, matures, but um, really it's in a fit state to transition. It's it's a much needed uh, improvement on the NRLS in my opinion, so uh, I think it's a positive. And that's
0: so encouraging to hear as well, Jackson. And the fact that um you feel that now and that's without all the future capabilities that we're going to bring on with in relation to machine learning and some of the things that we can do with um the free text and the novelty scoring. So it's great to hear that it's already been a benefit. One one of the things you mentioned um earlier, um, I'm just wondering whether we can tap this into the some of the top things you learned in the transition was there was a you had a technical issue with um, the upload originally. I know that people are always keen to hear if there are any pitfalls that they can avoid. Um, was, was this technical? Are you able to talk to us a bit about that technical issue? And will that still be a technical issue for other people? Or um, will, how, has that been resolved?
2: Um, I believe it's been resolved. Um, I think it was unique to our organisation again because we were the first organisation using Ulysses to to go live. So um, it was an issue. Basically, every other of our incidents we try to submit to LFPSE were being rejected. Sure. Um, however, it, it was resolved by the technical team at your, at your organisation, NHS England. So I. I can't pretend to understand the intricacies of what the issue was, <laughs> other than it was rejecting every other incident. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it will be an ongoing issue for any others. From a technical perspective, um, I would say it was really easy from a Ulysses perspective to set up um, the system. Mm-hmm. I, I would say you could probably do this system set up in Ulysses within a day. Um, Half half a day and there's really clear guidance being produced by Ulysses and it's a step by step and they've made it as easy as possible. Um, I also found the staff at Ulysses, particularly Ian, was really keen to support our organisation and our migration. So he was really available. Any any problems I had, a lot of them were probably stupid questions, but he was always available to answer them. the key was there was the communication really the technical elements were simple Um, Mm and particularly if you've had experience of using the nrls and stuff like that the the technical setup was not massively dissimilar from a ulysses perspective with that and what i would just advise trust to do is just um allocate a significant proportion of time to identifying stakeholders and communicating the the message that the change what the changes will be and how it will affect reporting sure
0: that that's really helpful. Thank you. And um, along those lines, uh, people are always keen to ask if there's any documentation you're able to share that might be helpful um, for other organisations. So you spoke of um, that you did these 30 odd um, presentations <laughs> until you're blue in the face with LFPSE, um, and uh, um, any packs that you, you created, it'd be it'd be helpful for for us to build a bit of a repository for those transitioned
2: organisations of of the documents they've used. Absolutely. Um, what we've produced over time, we've got um, project plans, um, so all our Gantt charts and things from when we project managed the the um, the transition. I, I'll happily share that. Um, our communication plan, our stakeholder list, um, posters—just so sort of um, simple sort of promotional material that we produced. Um, and um, I will dig out anything else I can find that I think will be useful. That's Fantastic. great, thank you. I'll, I'll also yeah. actually I'll include a copy of the risk that we included on our risk register, um, and show um, how we have uh, how we managed the risk, mitigated against to put controls in place, and how we ultimately have been able to downgrade that risk to a relatively low, minor risk at present.
1: Wow. Um, And then I think my final question is, is there anything else that um, you would have wanted to know or support that you'd have liked from NHSE that you either hadn't got or didn't get in time or anything else you think that we can be doing um, to help support you and potentially future um,
2: trusts as they move over? Um honestly, I am um, I'm not just saying this, but I don't I don't think so really. I found the support available was really, really positive. Um yourselves were, were really useful, Lucy. I know I asked you a fair few questions and you were always really responsive, as was Marcus, and yourself, Hugh. Um but Mandy in particular, um yep. I know she's not on the call, but she was massively helpful to me. So just want to mention her in particular. She she must have met with me about five or six times where I was just asking probably the most stupid questions imaginable, but um, she was always patient, calm and um, provided any information I needed. She got any queries we had which required sort of an expert um, opinion, such as there was, there was one query that was a bit of a strange one regarding um psychological harm again whether it was an admission from the organisation or whether it was a subjective opinion so she threw that question to the legal department in NHS England who confirmed that it would be subjective so um she was always really useful um from a Ulysses perspective they were 100 percent supportive as well Um so from a support perspective I don't think there's anything else I could have asked for really um the I guess the only thing I would have preferred was not having the negative voices um shouting in my ear throughout saying it wasn't going to work and it's um it's doomed for failure because it really I, for, even from the beginning I couldn't understand why it was being perceived as such a such a um major risk to the NHS <laughs> when in actual fact it's a pos- everything seemed like a positive and logical um, step forward from the NRLS to me.
0: Yeah, great. That's great to hear. And and uh, yeah, the key point being that we're, we're trying to make healthcare safer for our patients. And, exactly. um, and by introducing LFPSE, we're, we're, we're able to do that. Um, and for those of you who haven't listened to Aidan's podcast, um, it's really good to understand why and how LFPSE fits into the patient, wider patient safety strategy. So if you don't have the opportunity to listen to that, please do go back and uh, have a listen.
1: Cool. That's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much, Jackson, for joining us and for sharing your experience. I think it's just really, really valuable for people who are in the process of transitioning or preparing to transition to hear um, the lived experience of people who've been through it. So thank you so much for your time today. Um, Thank you all to all of you also for listening to the podcast. If you need any more information about the project, you can follow at PT safety NHS on Twitter for the main uh, national NHS England patient safety team. You can learn more about more Bay by following at UHMB underscore PT underscore safety on Twitter. You can follow Hugh and I. We are Lucy NHS Safety and at Hugh NHS Safety. Um, You can look at information on the future NHS platform, which has discussion boards and also loads and loads of documentation about the project, about how to transition, about next steps and what you need to do. And there's also the main LFPSC pages on the NHS England website with kind of basic high level information about the project uh, timelines and what we are doing. catch up with our other podcasts online and we will see you again soon. Thank you very much. Bye.